If you're looking for a little inspiration today, or maybe some ideas of what to do when your business just isn't fitting you quite right, then this is an episode of The Road to Seven that you don't want to miss. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. Welcome to The Road to Seven with Sheila Cummins. I am your host, Sheila Cummins. And today I'm interviewing Molly Mandelberg, the founder of Wild Hearts Rise Up the creator of Magnetic Influencer Collective, and also the writer and illustrator of the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle Deck. She's the host of both Tactical Magic Podcast and Reveal the Game of Life Podcast, and she's a best-selling author. After spending years mastering content creation and online marketing, Molly finds her bliss in bridging the worlds of heart-centered healing and transformation with the practical business strategies of leveraging a message into a global movement. She's a certified NLP coach, an access consciousness bars facilitator, a transformational leadership coach, and a full-time nomad. Molly works with coaches, healers, and conscious leaders to broadcast their messages with ease so they can reach more people and make more money with less time spent. She travels the world full-time and runs her six-figure business out of her self-converted sprinter van tiny home. Molly loves helping her clients to systematize their work and master the magnetics of marketing so they can experience more freedom and make an even bigger difference. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. I love talking with other business coaches because there are always so many similarities in what we do and how we work. But then there's also so many differences, which makes this whole profession, I think, so exciting and evolutionary. My guest today is Molly Mandelberg, and she is another business coach. We met online through various channels. And I loved being on her podcast. We had a super conversation and I just had to have her on here because she's just an amazing woman with an incredible story. And Molly, thank you for coming and joining us today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. It's a pleasure. Molly, you haven't always been a business coach, though. Tell us a little bit about how you came to be where you are today. Yes, I have not always been a business coach. If you told my younger self this is what I would be doing, teaching marketing and business strategies, I would have laughed in your face probably. (laughs) I took a very circuitous route and a very long and winding road to find this as my path. And I spent most of my 20s just sort of kind of aimlessly traveling the world. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I didn't want a dead-end job or a soul-sucking career of some kind. And so I just traveled and I lived off very little money and I was kind of just a like 
hippie artist making ends meet however I could. I'd work a little job here and there and then just take off and travel. Usually I'd go abroad in the winter, somewhere tropical, and then travel around the country visiting friends and family and seeing my favorite bands in the summer. In 2014, I found my way to a workshop and it was Brian Weiss, Dr. Brian Weiss, who wrote Many Lives, Many Masters and Miracles Happen and many other books on past life regression therapy. So I had grown up believing in past lives and I had this desire to dig into that work. And through a series of kind of miraculous events, I found myself flying to New York from California and taking a five-day intensive work workshop on past life regression therapy. And through that workshop, I realized I wanted to practice this. I wanted to use it on myself. I wanted to use it on other people. And so I came back to California and I took an intensive in hypnotherapy because I felt like that induction process I really wanted to get good at. Once I got trained in that, I realized I needed to have an office. I was living in a tiny little apartment. And if I wanted to practice this at all, I would need a place to do it. Once I found an office, it was like, oh, crap, I should have business insurance. I should name my business then. And in which case, I need a bank account and business cards and a logo. And luckily, I was dating a graphic designer at the time. So the logo and the business cards and the website all just kind of came together. But basically, in the span of 11 days from finding a little office just happening upon it on a walk that morning. Within 11 days, I had a business. And I I then had this big identity crisis of, okay, who am I to be a business owner? Like I've never had this kind of professional passion or vision or drive before. So I started my business doing hypnotherapy and being a healer. And over time, I realized that a lot of the transformation was happening before the hypnosis even started. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm better off being a coach because I'm kind of tired of talking so slow. You might have noticed I don't talk very slow, naturally. <laughs> and so then there was this like journey. I kept changing my niche. I kept shifting my focus and zeroing in on who I really wanted to serve. And in the process, I realized I wanted to have an online business. I wanted to be able to travel still because I had been nomadic for so many years already. And I wanted a business that allowed for that because I had been seeing clients face to face in this office and it was feeling stuck and stagnant and not quite right for me. And so I started geeking out on online marketing tools, on course building, on copywriting, technology, email marketing, how to grow a list, all these technologies and tools and all the like ways I could bring my heart and soul and that spiritual side of me into those pieces of the puzzle. And after doing that and trying it with different niches and building out so much content over and over every time I would change my focus, I realized I had a knack for these pieces of the puzzle and that I was now in community with hundreds of other coaches and holistic practitioners who are great at what they do, but they suck at using technology and they suck at talking about what they do. So I kind of just started letting my friends hire me for those things. And that just took off and became what I do because, because I was good at it and because I had a deep interest in it. And yeah, now I get to serve clients from wherever I am as I travel the world full time still and teach them how to bring that heart and soul and the passion for their work into their content and their creations and their offerings. And to do that with as much automation and ease as possible so they can reach more people and make more money with less time spent. That's incredible. Yeah. The more people that I interview through this podcast, the more I see how business journeys are evolutionary and how they change and, you know, how people pivot and grow. It can be really scary to make some of those moves, switching niches, dialing down and teaching something different. How did you, so I guess my question is twofold. The first one is, how did you create the space within yourself so that you could get clear on where you wanted to pivot to? 
And then the second part of that question is, how did you then, you know, step out of one, step towards the other and make that transition? Yeah. Yeah. And I will definitely confirm that being a niche switcher, as that's what we call them, it's, <laughs> it's dramatic. And in a capital S on that. <laughs> yes. Niche switching is, it's dramatic. It's uncomfortable because we're, when we choose a path, we're kind of going out into the world and we're showing everybody, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do now. And to then say, wait, actually, I'm going to do this. There's all of these beliefs that come up of, Oh, people, I'm going to think I'm flaky or people aren't going to believe me or I'm losing my credibility by choosing a new direction. And all these stories come up and I will say, yes, it's uncomfortable. And there is nothing more worth doing than finding what's really, truly your path. The payoff of doing something that you're a hundred percent aligned with is so worth whatever judgment you think people are going to place on you. So I'll just start there. For me, it was a lot of that uncomfortableness. <laughs> it was a lot of that, oh no, what are people going to think? But also those beliefs come up and stop us and they can convince us that we better stay on a path that isn't quite right or that we better hold back or not, you know, shake the boat and really zero in and focus because everybody says, you know, narrow your niche and then go deep down that path. But you got to try a few to know what your path really is. And so one of the things that I think I was smart in my younger years to do was to chase it hardcore every time I changed directions. And that ended up being why I mastered some of these skills. But a lot of people are going to say, oh, I'm not going to market myself or I'm not going to create content or I'm not going to build anything out until I'm really clear and I'll just wait. And it's it's hard to wait because you don't have anyone to practice on. So every time I changed those niche, I was having dozens of conversations with different people that would fit that new direction. And through those conversations, through actually trying to do that niche, you learn so much about whether this is the conversation you want to be in for three to five to 20 years. And if it's not, then you need that information to be able to pivot and move in a new direction. So my advice is chase it, follow it, take action on it, actually explore it by having the conversations with the people. And that means you might have to build out some of the marketing for that niche before you're really sure it's the one and go in that direction and see how it feels to be that facilitator, to be that coach, to be that healer, to be that leader. And then it might pivot and you have to give yourself some permission to be a human on this journey and know that this path of finding your niche as a, as a practitioner, as a leader, as a coach of any kind or a guide, it's different than any other career path out there. And you have to have a lot more self-compassion to be willing to explore and to walk that journey and follow that path. You know, as you're talking, like, you know, you're doing such a beautiful job articulating the emotional side of it. Yeah. You know, when you're speaking, I'm sitting here going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I could do that. I could do that. But then when it's in the moment, as someone who's going through a business evolution herself, those emotions are huge. They are yeah. big feelings. Yeah. How did you navigate those feelings? A lot of support. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So I, like I said, I started as I got into my business, I sort of dug into being in community with a lot of other coaches and holistic practitioners who were chasing similar dreams as me. They wanted to make a difference. They wanted to reach more people. They wanted to have a business that supports them in doing this magic trick that they've mastered, whatever modality that is for each of them. 
And so as I was navigating that journey, I had so much support around me. I had invested in mentorship. I had invested in programs to teach me the things I didn't know. And I had people on my level and people beyond me who were guiding me forward to lean into when I had those, you know, breakdowns or break, you know, upsets or emotional turmoil. And I'll say it's oftentimes not your best friends or your family members, often not your partner, your spouse, your significant other that can hold you in that space because to them, it's kind of a crazy idea to go chase this also. And they might be risk at risk of squashing your idea instead of supporting you through that hiccup or that like energetic tension point. So my advice is to get accountability and support. So that can be mentorship, that can be your own coach, that can be somebody who's going to hold you through that tension and that discomfort and not let you give up. And I had two significant moments. One was I just switched to my, I was a few months into one of those niches that I was switching between. And I had this sort of like knockdown, breakdown moment. And I was at a workshop with a friend and we were staying in the hotel room and I just looked at her and I said, can you please tell me what I'm good at? Can you just tell me what the world needs from me? Because I keep trying these different pathways and it just doesn't seem to be right. What am I missing? What am I not seeing in myself? And she was actually the one to say, hey, you've got these capacities with these technology tools. You understand how the, these puzzles get put together and you have such a knack for copywriting and content creation. We need help with that. Like us, your peers, your like community needs that from you. And the words that came out of my mouth, and if you ever hear yourself saying this, I highly recommend taking note. The words that came out of my mouth were, nobody's going to pay me for that. That's the fun part. And for me, it is a fun part. It's this beautiful, like intricate web we get to weave of all these beautiful parts of the puzzle that go together. The email list, the social media marketing, the content creation, the actual courses and programs and offerings themselves, they all weave together in this beautiful map that if we know how to put it together, it's like art. But I couldn't see that I had a capacity for that and other people didn't. She had to sort of tell me that. And another moment like that was there was a time not long, not very far from that point where I was in a mastermind group that was like my business besties, like soul sisters. We still talk on the phone once a month, many, many years later. And I was ready to quit and I was ready to get a J-O-B, which is a great thing to do if you are starting your business. It's really good to have another income. But for me, that felt like it would be throwing in the towel. And I was actually being invited by a multi-million dollar organization that I love and respect to do basically the thing I was trying to do for my business for them. And I knew in that moment that I would kind of be killing my business to go and be that role for them because I had seen other people take jobs with this company and kind of give up on their business because they're focusing so much attention on that company. And I told my friends, like, I'm ready to give up. Like, I'm, I think I'm maybe I'm not cut out for this and maybe it's time for me to get a job and like get, get real, get serious, get practical. And they told me in that moment, it's okay if that's what you want to choose and wait a week. That's what they told me. Just wait a week because they knew I was in like the thick of the emotion and the truth about all emotions are that they're impermanent. Impermanence is a law of nature. Anything you're feeling right now is going to pass. So if you can just sit with it for a minute and not make choices from your heightened emotional elevated, you know, trigger response place 
that you're probably going to get more awareness. You're probably going to have more insight or new opportunities are going to show up. Something's going to change. And so they told me to wait a week and I waited a week. And in that week, I had a couple clients come in. Those clients turned into packages. Those packages turned into more referrals. Suddenly this flow that I had been like waiting for and desiring so bad, the scales tipped and it shifted. And I ended up having a like honest recognition that I had a full body no to taking that job. And I had to honor that. And within a few months after that, I had my first $10,000 month because I was sort of telling the universe, I mean business and I'm doubling down on my commitment to this path. And the universe responds to that kind of commitment. So yeah, everything changed after having that. But I would have probably given up if I hadn't had that support system in place. That's incredible. Yeah. Nobody's going to pay me for this. It's just fun. Yeah. That's Is it Gay Hendricks, I think, tagged the zone of genius wording. And, you know, that's exactly what he's talking about is, you know, when you do find that genius, it's that which you find super simple and easy. And everybody else is like, how the heck does she do it? Yeah. You know, my husband's a professional speaker and he'll get off the stage and he'll be like, I can't believe I just got paid for that. That was so fun. Like, you know, when you found it, that's your, you know, guttural reaction. You know, I think I think that's beautiful. and, And I love that idea of just sleep on it. Sleep for a week. You'll know. Yeah. And, you know, I think I also have to applaud you. And I think it's important to note here that you also were open to listening to the clues around you, that it actually was not the right idea. And it was the right idea to dig into that passion. Yeah. And having the pause is what gives us that awareness for mm-hmm. sure. And that's what I think to, we can take. Yeah, exactly. Because we think we live in this like high paced society. We need to respond. We need to react. We need to choose. And the truth is, yes, you need to choose and you will have more awareness on something if you sit with it for a minute. It's okay to take a day. It's okay to take a week before you make a life altering decision and choose a new pathway that may or may not be fully aligned. And if you don't know for sure, take a minute to get sure. So that's the emotional side of it. My little logical brain steps in and, you know, anytime you shift your niche, it's time of transition. Again, I'm undergoing it right now. You got to let programs go. That's revenue you're letting go. You got to let some clients go. That's revenue that you're letting go. How do you mitigate that transitional phase with the money side when the money really is what you need to keep living? Yeah, I mean, definitely. So I'll say for a lot of those early niches for me, they weren't making me enough money for me to have that much of that fear. But it's okay to keep the clients you have and keep running the programs you've got while you add in something new that is your new direction. That's sort of the safety net. But there is also kind of an interesting thing that when you energetically choose a new niche, some of the clients in the old niche will just drop off and and, and disappear, which I noticed happened many times where it was like, okay, I'm moving in this new direction. Now all these old people are just not booking with me anymore, just don't care that they have a couple sessions less left on their package. And it's like, okay, well, now I'm fully in this new direction. But it's okay to keep one while you explore the other one. And again, all you're going to have to battle that perceived judgment or the assumption that other people have an opinion on that. Most people are so focused on themselves, they're not really paying attention to what you're doing. But yeah, to begin marketing, to begin inviting people to consultations or to 
workshops or to whatever new thing you're trying, it's okay to have like a transition period where the old business doesn't die completely while you explore the new one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that financial safety net is critical. You know, I've closed down three programs in the last six months and they're not gone. They're just, I'm giving them breathing room. They'll come back. They're just going to look different under a different iteration of my company. I'm launching a micro lending platform, which I know we talked about on your podcast. It's, you know, what, what can I keep doing now? What's, I call it the fastest path to cash with the least amount of energy, time and energy invested in it was the fastest way for me to make money. And, you know, so I've shifted and started offering And again, just like you said, the minute you let things go, opportunities come. I've had a couple organizations that want me to come in and run six-month programs. Well, okay, (laughs) absolutely. You know, that's going to sort of be that segue between A and B so that I financially can keep above water. Yeah, I'm believing that those opportunities and possibilities are possible and out there for you is a huge part of that showing up. Because if we like constrict and we tighten all our energy around, oh no, I can't let this go or I'll be like financially distraught or dried (laughs) out (laughs) until the next thing begins, that belief is holding that reality in place. And so being the trust of choosing that new path and that I know this is going to work out, I'm moving in this direction, I'm taking that leap of faith or that step forward. I don't know how it's going to look, but I know it's going to work out for me. And then that opportunity shows up. And I've been seeing a lot of that recently of like, lean into it. There's something here. And then a call or whatever, something comes in and it's like, oh, that's a whole nother doorway I hadn't considered. And as if by magic, it shows up to be that support system. Molly, have you always trusted that the universe is going to deliver? It's a practice. It's a daily habit that I build. And I'll say I was fortunate to be raised by a pretty far out spiritually woo woo mom. So I, I was raised believing in the law of attraction and she built her entire career on those principles of knowing and trusting and believing and following your heart and your instinct and your knowing. So I had that as sort of a foundational awareness, but I didn't really know it or trust it as well until I started building practices around that. So I have daily meditation, daily writing. I have, you know, I subliminally program my mind with different audio loops and affirmations. And that is a daily practice to keep my head in the game. And if I don't do my daily practices and rituals, then I fall energetically to a lower place where I don't trust it as much. So it's a constant practice to play that game and and really trust it. I love that you're saying that because I think, you know, trust is, is an element that I see come through in a lot of women in their businesses. And it's, oftentimes what's standing in the way between them getting what they want. And you know, what a gift that you had that foundation just to build on. Kudos to your mom. Yeah. So she would have she would have been an innovator and, you know, a trailblazer. She is. Wow. She has been. Yeah. That. She's been a writer for over 40 years. And Terrific. Career as a as a writer. But you're also a writer. Yeah. Tell us more about your book. Yeah. So I actually published two books so far this year. One that I just published recently was a novel that I wrote in my 20s when I was traveling. And it's very much about that world of traveling nomadically. And then my nonfiction book is called Wild Hearts Rise Up, which is the same name as my business. And that is my sort of a lot of what we've talked about today, my personal stories and a lot of other deep, dark secrets and experiences I've had a lot of my own stories of how I grew my business and this sort of framework that I saw emerging of the stages that we go through as we're expanding into thought leadership. 
as we choose a path and we boldly step forward towards it and begin mastering our skills and our modalities. And a lot of my stories of breakdowns and breakthroughs and what I think is required to become the leaders and the facilitators and the guides that we're meant to become. And it's told mostly through memoir of my own experiences. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Knowing that we're all going to go buy the book, now that curiosity has been piqued, can you give us a little bit of an overview of what that thought leader journey might look like? Yeah. So I was developing a quiz for my business and I wanted to pick archetypes to sort of symbolize these stages of thought leadership that we go through because my clients come to me on varying degrees of this path. And I wanted to use major arcana cards from the tarot. So I sort of like intuitively picked these five cards from the major arcana of the tarot deck. And then a friend of mine told me, this is a deep rabbit hole. She told me that the major arcana of the tarot actually relates to the Kabbalah, the tree of life. And the Kabbalah is basically a map for how an idea or a thought comes down and becomes physical reality, becomes manifest. Wow. And I went down this wormhole and it just sort of unpacked that these cards I chose made so much sense for how a book gets written, how a baby gets born, how an art piece gets created, how a business goes from infancy or ideation to actualization. And so the book is laid out in these five sections of this framework. And it's The Fool, which is about boldness, taking a leap of faith, stepping forward, choosing that you have this path or this new niche or whatever it is. The Magician is about mastery or acquisition of skills or tools. So it's about learning that modality. It's about getting deep into the skill set that you're acquiring, that you're wielding the magic that you're doing. The high priestess is about checking back in with your intuition and your knowing. It's a lot of what that niche switching path is. Is this really the path I want to be on? Is this lighting me up? Is this moving me where I want to be moving to? The empress is the actual like creation. The, The course gets built. The business gets started. The creation aspect, the things that need to be created get birthed into the world and then the hierophant is the sort of teacher the orator the person who comes back to the village and now shares what they've learned with the masses and so those five stages relate to anything coming from that ethos that idea place and becoming born through you or through your business or whatever it is and so the the book is really laid out in that framework and i have a quiz on my website that also gives people what level of thought leadership they're at right now and how to start expanding into the next one for them. That's incredible that you just happened to have pulled those cards. It was so, yeah, channeled <laughs> the pieces of that puzzle were through me. That's so funny. I'm new to the energetic world. It's a world that I've been exploring probably for about two years and I'm loving it. It's fun. Yeah, I've recently restarted Reiki. Awesome. And, you know, what I know about it is, well, I guess I don't know much about it. All I know is I feel great afterwards. Yeah. Usually the next day. And so it's either a really expensive nap or, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on around me that I've been totally ignorant about. Probably better. I, yeah. <laughs> well, I do literally. Nadine's like, wow, you dropped out fast. <laughs> Just, like out cold. So yeah. yeah, I trust her implicitly. So it's, you know, a beautiful space for me to go. I love my sessions. Yeah. Molly, two questions and I'm going to let you go. Yeah. First off, what do you know now that you wished you knew when you started? this whole journey. Yeah, this actually relates to what you just said, which is that that spiritual part of the journey coming in. For me, when I first chose this kind of marketing and content creation and technology niche that I'm in, I went deep in the direction of thinking that's what people want from me. 
And so I have to keep myself in that box. Meanwhile, I have this like long history of spiritual awakening and exploration that was feeling so abandoned. And for me, the magic really came in when I realized I can be all of me in my business, that my business is attractive and magnetic to my ideal client because I bring me to it. And that meant bringing back in the magic and bringing back in the woo, as I call it, the spiritual side of it. So I don't just teach marketing. I say I teach magic and marketing because the inner game aspect of running a business, I have found to be pivotal in it actually getting where we want it to go. And well, I think it's even more important than any system you can put into place. It absolutely is. And so for me, giving myself permission to teach these kind of dry and, and strategic tools and tactics through the lens of energy and magnetics and how we're being and how we're treating ourselves as we show up, how we're believing in ourselves and that trust aspect. That's the most important thing that I've learned is that I get to be all of me. And that when I do, when I bring both of those sides in, the thing I geek out about and the thing I truly am together it's so much more dynamic and it's so much more fun to run a business that includes those big parts of me together. So that would be the big thing, I think. But I think even to be that orator, you have to be in full alignment with your knowledge, with your content, with who you are. And I think people who miss the mark in terms of thought leadership have not fully embraced and stepped into that woman. Allowing that part of Mm -hmm. themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All parts of themselves. Final question. What's next for you? Where are we going to see Molly Mandelberg going? Yeah. I mean, I've got some fun travels planned in the next few months. I I tend to travel a lot. So I'm going to be bopping around through California and out to Colorado. Business-wise, what's next for me? Magnetic Influencer Collective is my big six-month program that really is about merging the magic with the marketing. I actually, Magnetic Influencer Collective, I call magic, M-A-G-I-C. That's starting this summer. And it's a six-month program where I take a, a very intimate group of people through that journey of merging those two parts of their business and seeing how much more magnetic it can become by intentionally doing that. And other than that, I mean, I'm wondering what book number three is going to be. Mm-hmm. Now that one and two are off the shelf. And I always have new program ideas brewing and simmering. I can't seem to stop making new courses and offerings because it's it's so fun for me. Yeah. But yeah, more. I mean, now that the world is opening up a little bit more, I'd like to get back to speaking on stages and being at events and hopefully leading another retreat sometime soon. It's been a few years since I've done that. I know that the listeners are going to be jumping to their phones and computers to connect with you. Where should we be sending them? Where's the best place for them to connect with you? Yeah, wildheartsriseup.com is my website. That's got quizzes, books, Oracle deck that I've created, all kinds of things on there. And then if you want to follow along and get some daily inspiration or see where I'm traveling to, Instagram is the best place to get that. And that's at wild underscore O-N-E, the word one, underscore rising. Nice. Fantastic. Molly, thank you for such an insightful and thought-provoking. I'm actually going to need to go for a walk and process our conversation. (laughs) I think you've opened up a couple of things that have been missing in my world, and I so appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. 
If you found value in what you've heard today, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review. You might just get a shout-out on an upcoming episode, and you never know when I'm going to be mailing some surprise treats to our reviewers. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when new episodes are released. Are you looking for a way to connect with other entrepreneurs that are facing the same challenges as you? I'd love to connect with you in the Road to 7 Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there. Together, we'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.